0: Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman Podcast. Superman was created by Jerome Siegel and Joe Shuster. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephen Biscotti, and you're listening to the Saturday Morning Superman Show, your podcast about Superman in animation across generations. Welcome back, everyone, to another very exciting, a very bonus episode of the Saturday Morning Superman Show. Uh, Today, I'm not joined by my co-host, Justin Candelaria or Joe Grudenski. It's just me today, as uh, I do tend to enjoy these one-off podcasts where it's just me, either really praising everything that Warner Brothers and DC is doing for Superman or me basically damning everything that Warner Brothers and DC is doing in regards to The Man of Steel. Uh, So as all of you know, last week, this month, on March 18th, the long-awaited Zack Snyder's Justice League finally premiered. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League has been on streaming, HBO Max, and on other platforms for nearly a whole week now. Uh, There are people that I know that have seen it four times, like my co-host Justin, and there are other people that I know that have yet to see it, or they're in the process of watching it. I've only seen it once. I'm in the process of watching it a second time. But the first time, uh, it, it goes beyond just even being a four-hour cut of a film. It's just that I got the experience that I wanted. It was everything that I was hoping for. And it featured the triumphant and the true return of Henry Cavill as the Man of Steel. And I I absolutely loved it. Now, for me, I've shared before that I love Henry Cavill as Superman. He's my favorite actor that's brought the character to life uh aside from tim daly of course being the voice of superman from the animated series but from 2013's man of steel to 2016's uh batman v superman dawn of justice uh those are easily uh two of my favorite movies of all time uh, along with just holding the fact that they're my two favorite superman movies of all time and I know there are many listeners that love Christopher Reeve and, and love the Dick Donner uh, films uh, from uh, 1970. What is it? 1978, 1979. And uh, I like them too. I do. Those were the Superman movies that I grew up with. And, and Superman returns was uh, unarguably an extension of those films, but, Uh, What Zack Snyder had done with the character, uh, what him and Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer had developed was just something that spoke to me. It spoke to my interests. It it appealed to me. It, it it's something that I really, really enjoy. And I think that that's the wonderful thing about modern uh, mythological characters or just mythological characters in general, is that there's always going to be a version of Hercules that speaks to you. There's always going to be a version of that character that you really enjoy and and that's fine. It doesn't invalidate one or the other. It's just, it's who you are as a person. I think that's something that definitely needs to be celebrated more, especially in the fan community and especially in the, in the pop culture community. There's so much tribalism where It's like, no, I'm a DC guy or no, I'm a Marvel guy. And it's just kind of like, well, these comic books and these characters have existed on store shelves for years. So when you go into the comic book shop, you have your Batman comic books alongside your Spider-Man comic books, and they all peacefully coexist. And then it's just whatever book you choose to pick up. And if you're a fan like me, like you read both, you see both movies, you watch all the cartoons. And and so I think the idea that there could only be one or the other, I don't know when or where that started. I think that's a very post-Marvel Cinematic Universe sentiment that's... I think just really toxic and gross, but again, that's just me. But so I love Henry Cavill as Superman. It's the character that that really means so much to me. It's, it's a part of of why I wanted to do this podcast. Aside from Superman and animation, it's just I I love this character and he's such. Uh, a meaningful part of of my life and the fact that i have found hope in this character i have found inspiration and strength in this character when you know i was struggling and and i think that that's very important to speak of because there are plenty of other people out there that be it with superman or batman or you know star trek or any of these characters there's a point where yeah i mean it's all fictitious and it's fiction but you spend enough time with something and it becomes very real to you and it, and it and it Becomes a very valid source of inspiration. And I think that that's very important to take note of. So with Superman, when the 2017 theatrical cut released, the, the Justice League, as I know many of us fondly refer to it, or definitely not fondly refer to it, uh, but Justice League, as we call it. Released, it was a very shocking movie, and my initial reaction was, I, I, you know, I was looking forward to this film since 2016. It it was the return of Superman. It was something that I was, I was really greatly looking forward to. Uh, But I was really puzzled by it because it's one of the movies that I, I can't, I can't think of many others where I can actively watch it and I enjoy watching it. I enjoy what I'm seeing, but as soon as it's over, I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? You know, like, 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 what was that? And it happens every time that I watch it where it's there. There are so many story threads that are dropped, you know, from the, from the dirt rising from the coffin to the mechanics of Superman's resurrection to, you know, elements of Lex Luthor and his communion with Steppenwolf and, and, you know, the new gods of apocalypse and stuff like that, that just, it makes no sense where justice league, operates as a sequel to Batman v Superman, yet it doesn't feel like a sequel. It feels like its own movie, just with the same faces. And then in turn, you know, it almost validates the arguments that people had against Batman versus Superman because they're like, well, what was up with the whole nightmare scenes? Like, what was that? And you don't get that in Justice League. So it makes Batman v Superman look like a weaker film. But then in turn, it makes Justice League itself look like a weaker film because it drops all of those threads. And I find it to be a very frustrating watch. And it's something that I haven't seen in a while, to be uh, quite honest. And especially with Zack Snyder's Justice League. So it's easily been well over a year, I would say, that I last saw uh, Justice League. But with Zack Snyder's Justice League, good film or bad, whether you like it or you love it or whether you don't really quite like it and you're just in the middle or whether you hate it, you have to acknowledge that the movie is coherent and cohesive with the stories that began in 2013's man of steel and then continued with 2016's batman v superman it's the fact that you know you're getting the more of the story of lex and and steppenwolf and you're understanding the dynamics of why the mother boxes were you know awoken and uh you're understanding more of why superman needs to come back and it's not done in a jokey way, it's not done in a, oh, this is really a comic book, so we're not going to take any of this serious. It's a very serious movie, but it's not inherently dark, and it feels like a proper continuation. And I think that that's something that all of us fans had wanted, whether you love Batman versus Superman or not. I think everybody just really wanted Justice League to at least continue that story in a smart enough way where you could walk out of the theater and think, well, it's very much a Zack Snyder movie and it's very much his take on these characters. And I like that, or I don't like that, but I get why they did that. Whereas the Joss Whedon version just didn't. And again, it, it's so incredibly frustrating to watch. And now having post seen Zack Snyder's justice league, I look back on it and I think, well, like, like just why, you know, why did they take out the Amazon so much? Why did they cut out basically everything of Ray Fisher and Joe Morden as 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 Cyborg and and Silas Stone? You know, like why was Victor Stone's whole story gone? You know, wh- why was all the stuff with the Flash taken out? You know, and and Kirsi Clemens and and all of these things. And it's just it's so puzzling to me. Um but I'm glad that Zack Snyder's Justice League is finally out. I'm I'm hopeful that any of you that are listening, you've seen the movie. Uh, I don't really want to say anything too spoilers because I do know that there are some people that haven't seen it yet, be it you don't have access to HBO Max or you're waiting for it to come out on Blu-ray, which is completely fair. Uh, so I don't really want to give away too much of the plot. And and this is something that I'll definitely speak with in a future episode with, uh, with my co-host, Justin. But uh, until then, I really want to talk about Warner Brothers, Henry Cavill, Superman, and this problem that just started uh, yesterday. So uh, I have a couple of articles up right now on on my laptop, and and two of them are really great. Uh, One of them's on Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, This one, I think, just was uh, published uh, yesterday. Uh, So I'm recording this on tuesday march 23rd this article was written by josh weiss on march 22nd and again this could be found on sci-fi uh sci-fi.com so this particular article Zack snyder opens up about master plan for superman across his justice league trilogy uh was written by josh weiss it was published on march 22nd and it's on sci-fi.com under their sci-fi wire section in addition to this article, there's also an Entertainment Weekly piece. Uh, this one, uh, let's see, this one was published also on March 22nd. It was written by Nick Romano, and the article is entitled, Zack Snyder Happiest Justice League Keeps Henry Cavill CG Removed Stash from Defining Actors Superman. And uh, so I want to address both of these because uh, yesterday... On Variety, on uh, on the Hollywood Reporter, uh, I believe Ann Sarnoff, uh, Warner Media's um, Ann Sarnoff CEO, uh, she spoke about Zack Snyder's Justice League and the future of DC films and. It was something that was really interesting to read, uh, specifically in regards to the one that I'm going to be referring to. It's the Variety piece Warner Media's Ann Sarnoff on Zack Snyder's Justice League and DC's future. This was written by Brent Ling, and um, it was so uh, it was so much of like a gut punch. And I'm going to explain this. So with the Snyder cut, uh, for many years, this was almost like this mythic film where the fans believed that it existed. And then you had people that worked on the film, such as Zack Snyder and, and you know, artists and storyboard artists like Jay Leva really uh bagging it and and saying that it's real and it and there is a Snyder cut. Whereas you basically had Warner Brothers. So something that I want to talk about is the fact that the Snyder Cut for many years existed as this almost mythic entity where there were so many people with Warner Brothers and and DC that denied that it existed, despite the insistence that the Snyder Cut was a real thing from Zack Snyder, from Ah, uh, Ray Porter, the voice of Dark Side from Ray Fisher, Cyborg to to J. O. O'Leven, and other different people that worked on or with you know the production of Justice League when Zack Snyder was still involved, and so uh, release the Snyder Cut. This whole movement that ended up raising money for you know suicide prevention uh, that raised awareness uh, of suicide prevention in coordination uh, alongside the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, it was just really, really amazing. And it became this thing where it was just, it blossomed into this beautiful movement that really helped bring about Zack Snyder's Justice League to a reality. And it was in May 2020, where they announced that it was coming, that it was going to debut on HBO Max. And from May 2020 to March 2021, uh, it's finally here. And and it's really amazing that that it that it is here. And that the fans have been validated and justified in in that this movie does exist. And I think that that's very, very important. Um, If anything, uh, as a fan perspective, that it does complete that vision does complete that, that trilogy of sorts where you go from man of steel, Batman V Superman to justice league. and, And it has an arc for Superman that has a beginning and has an ending in the sense where it provides you closure and you can imagine Superman going off and doing whatever it is that he's going to do next. Uh, Despite knowing of course there, there are plot elements that happen in justice league two and three that Zack Snyder has spoken about. But again, that's a podcast episode for another time. And I know I'm basically rambling on this episode, but there's stuff that's on my mind that again, I really want to talk about. So in this variety article, you know and Sarnoff uh says uh, and quote believes that the future of d c is more than just movies." Uh, she's excited about a multi-platform future, one that sees Batman, Superman, the flesh and other justice league members popping up on streaming shows, video games, television, spin-offs, and big screen outings. And, uh, the, the writer Brent Lang also goes on to say, it's a vision that echoes what Marvel has been doing with its Avengers characters, taking superheroes like the vision, Scarlet, Witch, Hawkeye and Loki who have previously appeared only in movies and giving them streaming shows of their own. And, it frustrates me here because it, it, it feels like Warner Brothers uh, and Warner Media and DC, they're still trying to copy Marvel. And I just, I don't get it. I mean, Man of Steel came out. It did well. It didn't do well enough for them to be excited to do a Man of Steel 2. So the Man of Steel 2 uh, idea ended up becoming Batman v Superman, which in of itself is a Superman 2 I mean, it is a Superman movie, but it's just it has many of these added elements like Batman, like Wonder Woman that lead to Justice League. And it's frustrating because it's like. I don't know why Warner Brothers felt like they had to compete with Marvel, like I get it. I get that they have these properties and they want a cinematic universe of their own, but their greatest strength prior to Man of Steel was the fact that you were coming off of the Dark Knight trilogy, a film series which r- ran from 2005 to 2012, and you told a very singularly focused, a filmmaker-centric story about Batman. And it didn't concern itself with anything other than just being a Batman story where you have Bruce Wayne and then, you know, you go on to meet the likes of Scarecrow, Rachel Ghoul, Um, the Joker, uh, Bane, Catwoman, and Talia. And and it tells a story, and it feels like it's just so focused. And and because it was. And so when Man of Steel was announced, I remember thinking that, oh, okay, so Warner Brothers finished um, a Dark Knight trilogy, so it makes sense that now they're going to turn their attention to Superman, and the next thing that we'll have is the Man of Steel trilogy. And I would imagine that after the man of steel trilogy, they could have done the wonder woman trilogy and they could have done individual trilogies for each of their superheroes. And then if at some point they wanted to really group them all together, they could, but I don't think that that was ever really necessary. It wasn't something that I ever felt like they needed to do. And in fact, I preferred, I would have preferred that they didn't, but we got to Batman versus Superman. And then ultimately We got to 2017's Justice League, which is history, and it's the reason why we're all here today talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that now fulfills that trilogy. So you have Man of Steel, you have Batman v Superman, and you have Justice League. And it's rewarding that, okay, the story is complete, the vision has been fulfilled, but I think everybody for the most part, can be in agreement that Zack Snyder, and also, you know what, maybe not, maybe I'll retract that statement, because I do know there are, are a lot of people that don't really like his style or his vision, but I will say this personally, he gets the mythological scale of these characters, and he sees them as rightful mythologies that have existed since 1938, and and they're our own American myths that, that are now rightfully global myths, the story of Superman, the story of Batman, the story of Wonder Woman, the flesh and cyborg. And, and in the way in which he's been deconstructing them, it is very different from Marvel, which it should be. And it's very much his vision, which shouldn't be, let's try and do what the Russo brothers did. Let's try and do what Jon Favreau did. Because I think the second you try and do that, you're already setting yourself up for failure. Yet Warner Brothers and DC seems like they're insistent on that they need to follow Marvel. And I don't get it. Like, I really don't. And so it was unfortunate because I think going into Zack Snyder's Justice League, there were a lot of fans that hoped that if it does so well and the streaming numbers are really high and the praise for it is really strong across media and social media there would be no denying that, okay, well, we kind of have to do a follow-up. Like you have a successful movie and you do the sequel. And in this particular instance, it's like, okay, well, you denied that it existed, but now it's here. And now it's really good and it's doing very well. But now instead of saying, look, we're sorry, we kind of made a mistake. It's almost like they're doubling down on, it's like, all right, we're not going to admit that we made a mistake. Uh, All we're going to say is that we fulfilled Zack Snyder's vision and we're going to move on. And that to me is where I just, I, 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 I would have recorded this yesterday where I think it was a little more clear and it would have made sense. And I probably would have been recording for at the 20 minute mark and would have been wrapping up, but I still find myself so flabbergasted and, and perplexed by this. So in the article, you know, uh, Brent Lang speaks to to Anne Sarnoff again, uh, the CEO, and uh, he asks uh, her, like, you know, why did uh, they decide to release, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League? And, and and she goes on to say that we wanted to give Zack the opportunity to complete his vision in a four-hour movie, which is impossible to do in theaters, and 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 that's fair. I mean, you gave him the opportunity to complete the vision; uh, he did as he should have always been able to do in the first place. And also it does complete that story. So you can have it nice on your shelf and it's like that exists. And it was a complete story, but then they go in and, and they're like, well, like, you know, what are your plans going forward for DC? And, and they start to talk about, you know, well, uh, Sarnoff starts to talk about, you know, the television and, and the max series and the film creators and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, okay, you know, you have every right to build out this multiverse and I don't think anyone would complain about having, you know, Matt Reeves the Batman, where you have Robert Pattinson and th- and then you have Ben Affleck exist as Batman in the Flash movie. And you have these multiple different versions of the characters. I don't think anybody really has a problem with that. But I think um the bigger implication is just that, you know, that you know, after You know, release the Snyder Cut movement, you know, the new phase of restore the Snyderverse, like, like, what's your reaction to this campaign? And so she says, I appreciate that they love Zack's work. And we are very thankful for his many contributions to DC. We're just so happy that he could bring his cut of the Justice League to life, because that wasn't in the plan until about a year ago. With that comes the completion of his trilogy. We're very happy we've done this, but we're very excited about the plans we have for all the multidimensional DC characters that are being developed right now. And that's kind of where, when I read that yesterday, I had to throw up my hands because it's like, quote, with that comes the completion of his trilogy. Basically, that's it. We're moving on. You know, we're not delving back into the Snyder verse. We're not really going to explore the ideas that are presented in Zack Snyder's Justice League, let alone we're not really going to be going forward with this particular depiction of these characters. And for me, the implication is just this. It's like, well, anybody that was hoping that Man of Steel 2 would still be a thing or a Superman spin-off would be a thing post- Zack Snyder's Justice League and using Henry Cavill I think we can kind of all collectively agree that like that's not going to happen and probably the last time that we've seen Henry Cavill as Superman is in this movie and and it's horrible it, it you know it's really horrible because look I'm excited you know I did the whole episode on uh Ta-Nehisi Coates Coates's and J.J. And Abrams Superman reboot You know, I did the podcast episode about Sasha Calle's uh, casting as Supergirl, which I'm decidedly more excited about now than I am about the Superman reboot. Um, But I don't get it. And for me, it's basically like, imagine if 20th Century Fox released X-Men 1 in 2000, and you have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but then you're like, well, we don't really know what to do with him. And then you mismanage it so inappropriately that you end up like not getting James Mangold's The Wolverine and you don't get James Mangold's Logan. Or even let's say like Warner Brothers comes out with Batman Begins in 05. And they're just like, well, we don't really know what to do with the character. And you mismanage it again, so grossly that you end up depriving, you know, audiences and fans of a Dark Knight trilogy, you know, and it's almost like this kind of like, This premature killing where it's like, well, we don't even know what it could have become and it's just it's over and and for me, it bothers me because it's like imagine that happened with Batman Begins. We wouldn't have the Dark Knight trilogy as we know it. We wouldn't have the Dark Knight. We would have been deprived of of Heath Ledger's Joker performance and I I just can't help but think about the numerous possibilities that could have existed if we had a Man of Steel trilogy. Primarily as a Superman fan, we could have had that defining moment where people would would have been like, you know what, Henry Cavill is the definitive Superman, or at least for a generation. We would have had potentially a moment where people would have come on board with Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Uh, I think Zack Snyder's Justice League, in which we see of Luthor, is definitely more of a return to the classic kind of Lex that we know from the comic books and the animated series. And it's something that would have been really interesting to see more of that character exist within a a Henry Cavill Superman world. And mind you, this is coming from somebody that loves Jesse Eisenberg as Lex from BVS. But it's just that, you know, there are so many of these now, like these new what ifs of like, well, what could have happened? And it's frustrating because it's like, well, I think it's cool that you're going to do a Superman reboot. You know, I, I think the current rumors that it's not actually going to be Clark Kent or Calvin Ellis. I think there was a rumor that it might actually just be a wholly new and original character that's created by Coates and J.J. Abrams. And, I, you know, I, I think that's fine. I, I don't really feel either way towards it. When the film comes out, I'm definitely going to go see it. But can I say that I'm really excited or hyped for it? I'm really not. Because you have Henry Cavill and he's the perfect guy. You could look at any picture of Henry Cavill and it's like, he looks like Superman and he plays a great Superman. And just to not have him, you know, in his own film, it's just, it's so, so maddening. And, and it's something that I just, I don't understand. I just, I don't think I will ever understand why Warner brothers in DC, just, they just mismanaged Henry Cavill. And, You know, I talk about Henry Cavill a lot, but you know, you have to think about Ray Fisher or, or even like you know Ben Affleck as Batman. Like these are people that really brought so much to their respective roles, and and look what happened. I mean, you know, Ben Affleck got you know BVS and Justice League, and then he's going to be in in the Flash movie to some aspect. But like Ray Fisher, I mean, he was supposed to be in the Flash, and he's not even going to be in that. And he was supposed to have his own solo movie, and he's not even getting that. And and we all know that whole situation and it's a mess and it's really really unfortunate especially because these characters are so cool and it just seems like if you had the right person driving you know the vision uh it it could just be such a better thing than than what we have and so i kind of want to conclude on on like three notes the first note is like my idea my proposal would be like look you know you don't have to revisit the Snyderverse in the way that you were you had planned. But how about a Superman miniseries on HBO Max? You could do it like The Mandalorian where, what, you have like maybe six episodes, maybe even do three. Each episode features a different director. Could be 30 minutes in length. So it's basically like a live action version of the animated series. And you just have Henry Cavill doing Superman-y things. You could have Amy Adams as Lois Lane in an episode, but you don't really need it. Like just focus on Superman, maybe a little of Clark Kent, and you have them fight Metello. You have them fight Livewire, and you have a different director and writer offer their unique stamp on the character of Superman, but you utilize Henry Cavill. And I think that that would be so awesome. I don't think anybody would say like, well, I'm just not going to watch that. I mean, I can't imagine, like anybody really, for real. You know, If you had the opportunity to watch Henry Cavill as Superman fly around for 30 minutes straight, you're really going to turn that down. I highly doubt it. I know I would watch it, and I'm pretty sure you would, too. And then aside from that, what I do just want to add, uh, again, as like a bit of a concluding note, because, um, again, the variety response really just it has me so upset it's the fact that um so it, go, removing going back to Nick Romano's entertainment weekly article uh called Zack Snyder happy as League keeps Henry Cavill CG removed stash from defining actor Superman um it, Zack Snyder goes on to talk about how you know he's never seen uh the the Joss Whedon version of the film and uh i'm just looking for um for the quote right now. Okay. It was funny because part of me was happy. We were able to have that not be the total legacy of the hard work that Cavill had done over the last 10 years. Snyder said, it's sad to think that that would have been the last view that people had of Superman. It was just that, whatever that is. And I think, The key word here is that Zack Snyder's talking about that. Like It would have been completely depressing if for 10 years over a decade that Superman's ultimate legacy for Henry Cavill's era would be the CGI lip and the CGI face. And it would have really been a shame that that's the movie to go out on. And I remember that that was something that was on my mind a lot back when the film came out. Like I desperately wanted to like, and I desperately wanted to look past it, but it just, I mean, it wasn't good. And so there is that vindication that, you know, if this be Henry Cavill's last outing as Superman, you know, at least, you know, he goes out on top. And if you've seen Zack Snyder's justice league, you know, Henry Cavill is, is terrific as the man of steel and if you want to have that as the bookend to Man of Steel, I'm completely okay with that, and I think a lot of other fans are too, despite that we would love to have a man of Steel too in in whatever aspect um, that we could have it and so I just want to say that in conclusion, I'm very excited for Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. I think that that's going to be something very exciting and if we were not to get Henry Cavill back as Superman in any capacity, I would definitely appreciate and applaud of DC were to move over to Supergirl and say, all right, you know, we did our time with Superman, but now we're going to begin to focus on just Supergirl. And if you could have Supergirl exist in the Flash movie and then spin her off into her own movie series, potentially giving us a Supergirl trilogy, I would be very okay with that. And I would, I, I already lo- I love and adore Sasha Kaye. I, I haven't even seen her in the suit, but I know she's going to be a wonderful ambassador and representative of this character that does mean a lot to me, just as much as it, as Superman does. And, and I'm here for it. But I'd really be here for if they were to do a Man of Steel two, or if Warner Media were to say, like, look, we're going to revisit Henry Cavill, and and there's no reason why we have to take the cape out of his closet because it should still be there. He deserves. That one last movie. And also, if, if Danny Garcia, you know, if you happen to be listening to this, please, I know you have all the keys to unlock all the doors. I know, you know, so much more than all of us fans do. But please, just as somebody that manages Henry Cavill and understands what this character means to so many people, what this brand is, please work towards getting him at least in black adam or shazam or or one of these things just so we could see him just a little bit you know if you can't get him that hbo max miniseries maybe you could get him to appear in some of these other movies we would like it we would love it and and we'll applaud you either way uh and if that doesn't work maybe get him into like you know the marvel universe you know as like almost like an like a finger to to the treatment you know, that DC and Warner brothers has given him, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. And again, this was very much me, Steven rambling out into the multiverse as to just, I'm upset, you know, that, that this is the end of Snyder's vision. You know, I'm content. I'm very content that we got Zack Snyder's justice league. And I know that that in of itself is a gift to the fans. Like it, it's, a, it shouldn't have happened, you know, conventionally speaking, but it did. And I'm glad that it did. And I'm very proud that our last movie with Superman, with Zack Snyder's Superman being Henry Cavill, was this one. And I absolutely adore um, how it ends for Superman. But I really do wish we were to get another one or we were to get another Superman sequel to Superman, Man of Tomorrow, the animated movie. I just sometimes feel like Warner Brothers just doesn't really know what to do with the character. And Blue Beetle's cool and all, and there's all like Our Man and all these characters are cool, but. Just you had the perfect guy and I just can't help but feel like you totally mismanaged it and you squandered, you know, the possibility of really having something very special and very unique and something that would ultimately rival the legacy of Christopher Reeve's as Superman, just at least, if anything, for a generation. That's all. Super fam thank you for listening to this very bonus episode of the Saturday morning Superman show your podcast about Superman and animation across generations along with your podcast of Steven just basically going on and on about how much he loves Henry Cavill and how much he wants you to see Zack Snyder's Justice League and just how much he wants Danny Garcia to really just kind of like get Henry Cavill back in the cape and suit and boots uh, we'll see what happens. But until then, everyone, thank you for following along. You can listen to the Saturday Morning Superman show on podcast, on Podbean, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you like the episode, maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll leave us a comment. We always love that. Uh, you can find all of our relevant information in the show notes. Until next time, be peaceful. The Saturday Morning Superman show is brought to you in part by Royal Collectibles. Your friendly neighborhood comic book shop located in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Offering some of the best in pop culture needs and collectibles.